0: what goes on listeners we are back back again for episode number two of the pitch it's your boy michael kirsting that is michael with a y as you can tell this is not my dorm room i am back home in new york and it's about to be a great episode number two we will be highlighting the first woman general manager in baseball miss kim ing of the miami marlins as well as the downfall of robinson cano and a few of the trade rumors swirling the mill in our baseball section. In soccer, we will talk about our top results from the weekend in the English Premier League, as well as Erling Haaland, the golden boy. We will talk about the best fullbacks in the world, three of them belonging to English teams, as well as the news that English fans are allowed back into stadiums on December 2nd. And our hot take, we stick with soccer. Instead of branching off, I lied a little bit, but we're sticking with soccer and previewing how important this weekend's matchup between Tottenham Hotspur and my beloved Chelsea will be to the title race. Episode number two of the pitch. Here we go. Let's get it. So let's get episode number two of the pitch underway. Let's play some ball. Let's get the baseball section of the pitch started. It's been a relatively easy week in terms of news but there has been some groundbreaking news on the baseball front the Miami Marlins have hired Kim Ng as the first woman general manager in baseball history it's a very very groundbreaking move for the league it is a step closer towards equality in the women's game it's it's a great move by the Marlins in all seriousness because she is um she has shown a lot of experience. She used to be Brian Cashman's right hand man at the New York Yankees. She was in the Yankees' front office. And um to show that the um to show the women's game is evolving even further in into baseball and that women are finding their way into the game. Kim Ng is a wonderful hire for the Miami Marlins. It shows they are moving forward with their um with their baseball operations. It's a very exciting time in baseball and around the country for women's equality it is a it is going to be very interesting to see what ing is going to do with this team they have a very good young core as mentioned in the last episode and so um as i mentioned she has worked with cashman so she has learned from the best so it's a very exciting time to see ing in the hot seat as general manager of the marlins switching gears a little bit we are going back to the old Yankees player, Robbie Cano, Robinson Cano, unfortunately for him on the other side of New York, has been suspended for a whole season after testing positive once again for PED use. He tested positive for PED usage in Seattle, got a suspension, and now he, is, he has tested positive again. And, of course, the um, suspension policy in the MLB, if you test positive twice, you get a suspension for an entire season. Is not he is not linked. One of the players not linked with the um 2013 biogenesis scandal was Cano. He was not linked to this, but he has tested positive once again for drug usage. And it's a real shame because he's such a such a natural talent when he especially when he was on the Yankees, him and Derek Jeter. It was really um it was really a joy to watch that middle infield growing up, young Cano being mentored by by the captain. And um, it's a real it's a real shame because he was one of my favorite players before he left for Seattle, and even as he's aging, he's going very close to age forty. He still hasn't hasn't lost a touch of of quality in his game. But to see him suspended for a whole season, especially now for um for the Mets, that's a big big blow. Of course, they do have good depth on their bench. Of course, Dom Smith could be coming in for them. But you definitely want, even at his age, you want Cano with his age and experience starting. And um, it isn't a very good first look for general manager Steve Cohen to have to have that under his belt to work with. So that's just one more thing for him to work with. And it is a real shame to see Cano suspended. Now back on to a topic that I was that we spoke about on the first episode was, was um, me going back to my Bronx roots and me being a Yankee fan that... DJ LeMayhew, his availability, he has maybe narrowed it down the slightest bit because in a few press conferences over the past week and a half, he has absolutely gushed about the Yankees, praising his two years that he has spent here in the Bronx. He said he wants a five-year deal. And he also stated that he is willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Yankees. So my message to Brian Cashman, why not sign the guy already? I know there is, um, other circumstances surrounding the team right now. And, um, and and there may take a few other players to be signed or let go before they can give LeMahieu that big deal, because it is going to be well into the nine digit range. He is worth that much. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was given, um, if he was given over $200 million over five years, but the Yankees are willing to sign him. Of course, it has been made their top priority as mentioned last episode, but um, but DJ has stated that he is willing to take a slight pay cut to stay with this team. And, to, and that speaks to everything that he is there for this project that the Yankees have built. He is there to help the Yankees succeed and he is there to spearhead the offensive success. And it also speaks to how 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 I think how clueless the rest of the league is, is that DJ for the, for the Dodgers is a backup option. The fact that DJ LeMahieu is a backup option for anybody, that's just absolutely absurd to me. Absolutely absurd that he is a backup option to Justin Turner. It makes sense that he's on the team and things like that. But the fact that LeMahieu is anybody's backup option should speak volumes to the fact that the Yankees need to sign him now. And if, if people are thinking of him as their backup option and the Yankees are taking him as the number one option and the Yankees are LeMahieu himself, his number one option. Once again, just like three years ago, it's a perfect match for all the circumstances to fall into place. The Yankees must sign DJ LeMahieu especially now that he is happy with his two years at the Yankees, I think it is time to really break the bank on him. He is their man, and he is worth them breaking the bank. So now on to a few more more names. One of those circumstances that the Yankees may be mulling over before signing DJ is the potential to trade a few players, as mentioned Gary Sanchez in the last episode. But another name that has been floating around is Luke Voigt. The um, Yankees' first baseman, he is arguably the best first baseman in the game today, especially in the American League. I don't think there's any argument that he is the best first baseman. He has put up monster numbers over the 60-game season. He hit over 20 home runs. He led the league in home runs, the American League at least, in home runs. And and um, Voigt's name could be a very viable trade option if they wanted to trade Voight for maybe pitching for prospects especially because the Yankees have their eyes on some free agent pitching uh Blake Snell is also an option the Yankees could trade Voight for Snell personally I don't think it makes much sense plus I am not a very big fan of Blake Snell myself after his performances against the Yankees over the past few years it would be nice for him to be on our team just to not have to face him anymore but um but Snell would be Snell and a few maybe prospects for Voight is a realistic trade, but I don't think it will happen. I don't want it to happen personally. And and yeah, that is that. Uh, Nolan Arenado, the Rockies' third baseman, also on the trade block. Apparently, he has been asking out. He is top two third baseman in the league. Maybe Matt Chapman above him. Over these past few seasons, he has really made a name for himself. And at the at the hot corner, stepping up at the plate when the Rockies needed him. To think that the Rockies had DJ and Arenado on the same team is pretty crazy. But Arenado has been Arenado's name has been brought up by the Los Angeles Dodgers as if they as if their team wasn't already stacked enough. The reigning World Series champs, as mentioned, Justin Turner being a free agent. They may or they may look to trade for Arenado and let Turner go and give him a new contract when that expires. Charlie Morton of the Rays another Rays starting pitcher is no longer as Charlie Morton has signed a <clears throat> oh excuse me as Charlie Morton has signed a new deal with the Atlanta Braves he is now 38 years old still going very very strong. Good for Morton and good for us Yankee fans because I know he was also torturous to us in his times with the Astros and the Rays, but once again, going back to the um to the ideas about Lemayhu, it's just I I won't be able to emphasize it enough that he is just absolutely of the essence to this baseball franchise going forward in these next three four years, and and if the Yankees don't sign him, it'll be a real real shame no matter who they go after. So even though the Yankees and even though there are other circumstances that the Yankees need to um, take into account, the Yankees need to extend DJ at their earliest, earliest convenience, as early as they possibly can. So that is our baseball section. We have closed out the we have closed out the game. Let's let's switch the play and kick it over to soccer. Play has been switched. We are on the opposite side of the field. Let's take it into some soccer. So before we get into anything, I do want to take a, a bit to um to address the the world rocking news of the uh, of the death of 60 year old soccer legend Diego Maradona. I've only gotten into soccer. This may be my sixth year following it. I started following in about 2015, 2016. I started following Chelsea and there were there were plenty of names that I heard. Going into listening to soccer legends, there was of course Pele. I heard Beckenbauer a lot from being here playing for the Cosmos. But every every single time, there was um a greatest of all time, a goat mentioned in soccer names. Diego Maradona came up in every single conversation. And now, of course, I haven't. I'm too young to have had the pleasure to watch him play soccer. But I've watched quite a few highlight reels. I've seen. I've seen his um his his famous goal against England in the World Cup and um it's it is an upsetting a very very upsetting news to hear. It's rocked the soccer world. I saw an image that came from Argentina of the storied rivalry. This the quick background the storied rivalry between the two biggest clubs in Argentina between Boca Juniors and River Plate. It's probably the biggest rivalry in the world. It gets very violent. Multiple fans are injured, and multiple fans die at the um at these games every year. It doesn't take it takes maybe otherworldly forces to have these fans of Boca and River come together over one cause. And I saw an image of a of two men in one in a Boca sh- shirt and one in a river shirt crying and embracing and it it moved me because I know the history of that fixture how how unbelievably crazy it can get and it just speaks to the vol it speaks volumes to what um what Maradona did for this country soccer wise he played for Boca Juniors and to see a River fan embracing over this it just really speaks to his to his status in Argentina he was really a soccer god As soccer players, former players, heaped praise onto Maradona's name. He passed away due to cardiac arrest at 60 years old. I hope he rests in peace and he watches over the soccer world. Now getting back to some more lighthearted stuff, let's get into the top results of the weekend. It was Tottenham Hotspur taking on Manchester City. Tottenham Hotspur took home the win 2-0 in yet another heavyweight battle between Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho it was Manchester City who took home about 65% possession of the ball but it did not matter as Giovanni Lo Celso scored with his first touch off the bench to give Spurs their 2-0 win over Manchester City that takes them top of the table until this weekend where they play Chelsea I'll highlight that matchup later on speaking of my beloved Chelsea the boys in blue took home a win over Newcastle 2-0 it didn't seem To be all too convincing on the finishing front, Chelsea let plenty of chances go begging. Timo Werner had two or three goals that he let go, but it was Timo Werner who made about a 50-60 yard run from inside his own half, laid off Timo Werner about 18, excuse me, about he laid off Timo, laid off Tammy Abraham inside the box, who finished home. The TNT boys linking up for the first time in Chelsea blue. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, combination to watch, Timo and Tammy, the TNT boys. Hopefully, Timo and Tammy can link up a lot more in the future. Of course, Tammy's position in the team in question with, with Christian Polisic, with Kai Havertz, once they are healthy. Timo is going to be starting every day of the week. It doesn't matter where, but it is going to be a, a wonder to watch. Hopefully, Tammy gets some time in the in this team. Now, switching it up over to over to the German league, the Bundesliga, it was um, one man that we highlighted. It it's always seems to be either one of two guys either Robert Lewandowski of Bayern or Erling Haaland of Borussia Dortmund. He was named the Golden Boy. He is under 21. He's just turned 20, did Erling Haaland. And in his first game since being named Golden Boy, he marked it with four goals against Hertha Berlin. In the Olympiastadion in the the German capital, he is just an unbelievable talent. Is young Erling Haaland? He's tall. He is quick. He has an absolute nose for goal, and it's going to be a joy to be watching him over these next few years. So now we get back into the major news that fans have been allowed back into stadiums starting December second. Four thousand fans maximum allowed by by the british government once their lockdown period ends it's great news personally i think it's great news i just don't think there can be too much more time where where fans can just sit idle and just watch from home and there there has to be a way to even though of course there is a pandemic going on i think there needs to be a natural progression back into normalcy and it just we can't just let we can't just open stadiums once there is a vaccine out. We can't just let everybody in. I think it's a, a natural progression back into normalcy. This weekend's clash between Chelsea and Spurs will not consist of any fans. Chelsea will welcome Leeds on December 5th. They will be allowing 2,000 fans back into Stamford Bridge. So that is your soccer wrap. On this week's hot take, we will be staying on the soccer route. I mentioned Spurs and Chelsea. They are the focus of this week's hot take. We'll be staying on this side of the pitch when our hot take comes in. And coming in hot with our last segment here today on episode number two of The Pitch, it is today's hot take. We are sticking with soccer. I kind of went against my word. Of course, in my first episode, I had said that I would try and stay away from either baseball or soccer. But this week, it's just too important of a matchup that we've got going between my beloved Chelsea FC and Tottenham Hotspur FC, the two North London clubs square off this weekend in the Premier League. Chelsea sit in third place, three, excuse me, 2 points behind Spurs who sit at the top. And this is in my this is my bold claim and this is the hot take of the week. Given how close this league is right now, does this weekend's Spurs Chelsea match, the winner of it if there is a winner, does this dictate the league and how it goes going forward? because it is a completely and totally packed race. First place, first place Spurs and 15th place Newcastle are separated by just 9 points. So one little slip up could prove extremely costly to Chelsea or to Spurs. A loss for Chelsea a total of 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 four teams could jump ahead of them. They could end this weekend in seventh place, but with a win, they could end this weekend top of the table. So the question is, does this matchup between Spurs and Chelsea decide the title race? Because both seem to be in very good form, not only in good form, but with very good players in form. It's a matchup, a curious one between, of course, Jose Mourinho of Tottenham Hotspur and his former player, Frank Lampard. Lampard, of course, holding the record number of appearances at Chelsea FC. He was managed under both Jose Mourinho spells, one that started in 2004 and the next one that started in 2015. It was a brief spell for him at that time. But, of course, Kane and San, Harry Kane and Hingman San, are the dynamic duo of the season so far. They have only scored, Spurs have only scored one less goal than the top team, which is Chelsea. And the Kane-San connection has been on point this season as Kane has assisted eight of San's nine goals. Four of those coming in one match against Southampton. And of course, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, speaking of Southampton, has been probably one of the most underrated signings of this season, second in completed passes in the Premier League. Now, of course, Chelsea coming in with their young core. Christian Pulisic, the American from Hershey, Pennsylvania, is back and fit after missing a few weeks with a re-aggravated hamstring injury. And young German Kai Havertz is also fit. He has recovered from COVID-19. He missed two matches and did his required quarantine and he is back and he is, will be in contention for this match. And of course the, um, the German striker, Timo Werner may be leading the line as well as Hakim, the dream, the Moroccan Hakim Ziyech, all prime time players that you should be watching out for this week. Ziyech especially. He was brought in from Dutch side Ajax from, for about $33 million dollars and he seems to be a real real bargain. He can swing a ball in with his left foot and find anybody in that penalty area. So it's a big question of whether or not um Spurs tactical setup will be will be um will be followed through with. It is a new new type of look this season as Harry Kane, he's known to be the goal scorer on this team. He is a proper striker. He runs, he's brutish and he really bullies his way in he acts as a bit of of um of what they call a false nine in soccer which is when the top guy which is when the striker moves inward on the field to create room out on the right and left hand side for midfielders to attack usually that is not harry kane's role in the team but he is he is filling that role excellently allowing hing min san on the right hand side for spurs to score a, to score nine goals so far, good for second in this league, just one behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin of Everton. So it's a it is a um it is a top billing showdown between these two clubs, Spurs from North London and Chelsea from West London, and it's going to be going down on Sunday at eleven thir- at eleven thirty in the morning. You know, sure as well that I will be tuning in for the match. And we will discuss the result in next week's edition of the pitch. So that is all for today's episode. Of course, our hot take one last time for you and your friends to discuss. Does this weekend's match between Spurs and Chelsea, who sit first and third, respectively, in the league, does it decide the title race this early in the season? I think it does not but it, it could, but it definitely could because of how close this league is right now and how competitive the league is. So regardless of the result, I do not think it will decide the title race because these teams know how to get back in form after a small speed bump. But that is all for this episode of The Pitch. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope I sparked a thought or two in your mind. And until next time, until episode three, so long. My name is Michael Kirsting. That is Michael. With a Y, we will see you next episode on The Pitch.